Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, 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 ho, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a crazy couple of weeks that we've had, Tam. And um, I would say that they were interesting, but more fun than anything else. Weekend, it's been weeks. It's been so long, I can't recall, but I know what we can talk about, and we're going to jump right into our time in Las Vegas for NASCAR's Champions Week. Well, oh my God, it was the best. I mean, I don't even know where should we start. But okay, I guess since I got to Vegas a little bit before you, I will start. So I arrived in Vegas on Wednesday. My flight dropped down at exactly 8.24 a.m. I had to rush from the airport to check into my hotel and to get to the Mandalay Bay Convention Center all by 9.30. Yes, I made it on time and I actually had enough time to eat breakfast. So I went straight to Mandalay Bay because the Sports Business Journal was hosting the Motorsports Marketing Forum which included all the heavy hitters from NASCAR, few people from F1, sponsors, you name it, they were there, including Mr. Seven-Time, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson actually came and spoke to the crowd. And not only did Jimmy come, our guy, Daniel Suarez, came. And oh my God, he was everything. Jimmy was great, but Daniel was everything. For you guys that don't know, the Sports Business Journal Marketing Forum is held every year on the heels of NASCAR's Champions Week in Las Vegas. And typically, it's all-day seminars about motorsports. So you have people from different racing organizations down there. You have some of the brands down there. We have some of the agents. We had a guy come speak from Octagon on millennial marketing. Just everything you can imagine is covered, but it's it's motorsports oriented. So from there, I did that for two days. On the second day, Renee drove all the way up from Los Angeles so we could go to NASCAR Champions Week. And for you guys out there, from Los Angeles to Las Vegas is about three and a half hours, depending on where you're coming from. So I think for Renee, it was about three hours and 15 minutes, but there's always traffic. So that adds on to the time. That shows you Renee's dedication with this sport NASCAR because he literally drove up from Los Angeles straight to Las Vegas, picked me up from the Mandalay Bay. We drove down the strip. Well, actually, we went to pick up my belongings from my hotel then drove to the other end of the strip to the Wynn Encore where NASCAR was hosting the Myers Brothers luncheon. We had a little bit of issue with our credentials but it was only a temporary setback of all of what you say maybe about 45 minutes but uh, (laughs) we picked up our credentials and headed straight to the media room which all 16 drivers were on hand to answer our little questions. Well, no, they answer questions from all the media, including Tony Stewart. You had Tony, you had 
Carl Edwards, Mr. Six, or excuse me, Mr. Seven Time, Jimmy Johnson, Austin Dillon, Chase Elliott. Who am I missing? Chris Buescher, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch. I think I've missed about three drivers, but you guys get the picture. All 16 drivers were there. So from there, Renee and I rushed down to the middle of the strip to do victory lap. And victory lap is when all 16 drivers get in their cars and they do burnouts down Las Vegas Boulevard. And yes, Las Vegas shuts down for NASCAR. And last but not least, and certainly the best of the times, was we rushed from Las Vegas Boulevard and hightailed it off the strip and went over to the Palms Casino where all 16 drivers sat on stage and had a ball. And that was actually hosted by Rutledge Wood and the chef, the Arthur, the man with the blonde spiked hair, a uh, guy, oh my God, Guy Perrault. Okay, well, you guys know who we're talking about. Nonetheless, so I will let Renee tell you all about the adventures on stage with all 16 drivers. I'll just drop a hint before Renee starts talking. It included a bottle of Patron. Pass the Patron. Tam, I'm going to be honest with you. It was just, let's just say it. It was the Tony Stewart show. This guy completely took over the entire show, but he made it so fun. And it seemed like everybody else followed his lead. It's like he could have hosted and roasted. (laughs) That's basically what he did. He hosted and roasted the entire show. I mean, even the regular hosts were like, dude, just take over. (laughs) You know, that's how much fun he was. And the crowd loved it. I loved it. I know you were having a lot of fun. I could have sat there and listened to Tony Stewart all night long. I really could have. And when that bottle of Patron came out, it literally went up like several notches and it was so much fun. And uh, it, it was really good to see Tony Stewart get everybody else and all those other drivers that were up on that stage into the mix. I really, really enjoyed it. And I even liked the fact that he was kind of like hazing the younger guys a little bit. Just he kept poking fun at them. It was it really, really was a lot of fun, Tam. I, I know you had to have enjoyed it just as much as I did. Like Renee said, it was the Tony Stewart show, but surprisingly, it was Jimmy Johnson's show too, because Jimmy Johnson was the first one to take that bottle of Patron to the head. Then he passed it on to Tony. Of course, Tony was not going to pass up the opportunity to have a swig, as we would say. Surprisingly, I was shocked when Martin Truex took it to the head. I wasn't so shocked when Kyle and Kurt, because Kyle took his swallow Oh my God, this sounds really crazy what we're talking about. But we're talking about swallows and guzzling Patron. But yeah, it wasn't surprising when Kurt took it to the head. But of course, he passed it to his brother and Kyle took it to the head. But what was surprising to me, which which one of the young guys was it that took it to the head? Chase, of course, is not even 21, so he had to pass. I'm surprised he was the one who didn't because... Well, no, he actually is 21 now. now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm... I don't know. I can't remember which one it was. Um, was it? Uh, and it couldn't have been Kyle. And I, de- I definitely don't think it was uh, Austin. And it wasn't Chris, or was it the Chris? You know Busher? what? I think it was Chris. I know Carl Edwards passed. Oh, I was actually shocked. Jamie McMurray took that's some the one. It was Jamie because... McMurray who Jamie McMurray was the one who took the shot, and we were all like, I mean, even all the drivers on stage were like, "Really, Jamie McMurray." <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I will tell you, I was shocked because I interviewed Jamie McMurray probably about three years ago. And one of my famous questions in my interview is what would people be surprised to know about you? And Jamie said that he was a germaphobe. So my thought was, wow, this has this bottle of Patron has passed the lips of Jimmy Johnson. Tony Stewart, Kurt and Kyle Bush, Martin Truex Jr. Now it's coming to the lips of Jamie McMurray. And I think I actually turned to you and said something about it. And you were like, oh, well, alcohol kills germs. But still, I was like, yeah, that bottle's been passed around. But I don't know. That's just how I am. I don't drink after people. But hey. And surprisingly, it, it wasn't like he hesitated, like looking at the bottle. He just kind of like, you know, took a second and then took a swig of it. And it was like. <laughs> and everybody just kind of freaked out. But but he also got a round of applause for it, too. So Yeah, I mean, it was most excellent. I am so glad that we went. If you recall, I think it was probably at the beginning of our podcast. I said, if Tony Stewart makes the chase, I'm going to Las Vegas. I would have been so upset of myself if I didn't go to Vegas, knowing that it was Tony Stewart's last, you know, last ride. It was really, really amazing. I mean, we can go on and on and talk about things. Oh, and one thing, we'll post a couple of interview questions. We had an opportunity to talk to Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, and Kyle Larson while we were in Vegas. So we didn't get too many questions in, but we have enough where we'll post to the website so you guys can check them out. And of course, there's some exclusive photos on our Twitter account. There are some exclusive photos on our Instagram account from the drivers driving down Las Vegas Boulevard. So you can check those out. And those will also be posted on the website, allturnsnobreaks.com and Instagram and Twitter, turns no breaks. So let's see. I think we covered Las Vegas. Of course, much more has happened, but those were our experiences and the things we wanted to highlight. Yeah, so, oh, if you are fans of the show and you are friends on Twitter and Instagram, you know that I actually went down to Daytona. Of course, it wasn't the Daytona 500 because we still have about 80 more days for that, but I went down to Daytona for the finale, Mondanelli. Oh my goodness! And how how was I, that, Tam? Was I, that like really <laughs> seriously awesome? Oh my god! So they didn't set the record, which was I think the record was like almost a thousand Ferraris in a parade, but they came close with I believe they fell short about eighty cars or so. So it was about nine hundred or so cars in a parade of Ferraris. It was. You know a, what, Tam? I don't mean to cut you off, but what I I did want to tell our listeners as well is. And by the way, I wanted to thank you for that comment uh, at the beginning of the podcast where you said, you know, the the fact that I drove out there to Vegas for that morning, did everything that day and then drove back to uh, Los Angeles, you know, showing my dedication. I wanted to make sure that our listeners know the kind of dedication that you have, that you flew out there to Vegas and, uh, you know, did your thing for those two days and then flew that night to go be there at Daytona and to get in late. Then get up that next morning early to be out there to cover all of that. I just want our listeners to know the kind of dedication that you have. So thank you for doing what you do. And it's really appreciated. Oh, why, thank you. I will tell you the finale, Mondanelli. <laughs> I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, but I got the first one. That sounded one right. pretty authentic. It was a different world. First of all, to be in the presence of that many Ferraris is just bananas in itself. I can imagine. But... Yeah, I mean, what you guys aren't ready for is that I actually took a hot lap with Sebastian Vettel. 
F1 champion. So, and I got a chance to sit front row at a press conference with Kimi as well as Sebastian Vettel, both F1 drivers for the Ferrari team. I got top-notch treatment. I was actually down there with Shell. And if you guys don't know, Shell, yes, the gas company, you know. Well, actually, Joy's sponsorship is with Pennzoil, which is a division of Shell. And I'm speaking of Joy Logano. You know, you see his little yellow car with the bright red 22 that usually states Pennzoil because they are his main sponsor. They sponsor him from an oil standpoint, however, with Ferrari, Shell sponsors them as a gasoline company, and they were actually the official gasoline for the entire Ferrari finale, which was crazy because I, I actually learned a lot about gasoline. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, I learned a lot. And this is a, a fun fact. The same gas that you can get at the pump in Italy is the same gas that they were running in the Ferraris at the finale in Daytona. Now, me, I'm thinking, and I was always under the impression that the gas that is actually ran in a Ferrari is something special, but it's actually gas from the pump. I learned something new. Well, the pump in Italy, I don't know about our gas here, but yeah. So nonetheless, the finale was really, really great. Uh, just a quick little overview of how the finale works is they bring down all these different Ferraris and they race in different race classes. So you may have the La Ferrari, the F, xxk and they race and oh you guys know rusty wallace actually raced in the finale i think he came in 10th place so nonetheless that was a great experience but i will say this to our listeners although i had a wonderful time and i truly truly am thankful for shell for bringing me down to daytona it just didn't have the same feeling being in the garage as being there for the daytona 500 I cannot wait for the Daytona 500. Let me just put that out there. But in any event, so that was pretty much my experience. It it was a rough five or six days, but you know, somebody has to go hang out in Las Vegas with our NASCAR chase drivers and head over to Daytona and hang out with, you know, some F1 drivers and, <laughs> you know, marvel at some, some Ferraris. It was a tough job, but I had That's to do That's right. It. <laughs> and just... Just out of curiosity, Tam, because I, I know um, we had already kind of like just touched on it, you know, with Tony Stewart being in Las Vegas and, and part of that whole show. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I left that night on my way home and started thinking, man, you know, this is really going to be a downer knowing that Tony Stewart is done and this was his last season. Because, I mean, after watching that, I really, really hate hated to think about him not racing anymore and and i know that you're a bigger fan of smoke than i am and so i can imagine that how i how how disappointing it is for me i know how disappointing it is for you tam well i will say this i remember and not i know this may sound crazy but i'm gonna kind of compare the situation to michael jackson when and and if you don't know michael jackson last tour was something to the effect this is it or that's what it was supposed to be and I kept thinking to myself when the first tickets went on sale for London, because he was doing so many shows, it actually started off only going to be a few shows at the O2 Arena, but those shows sold out so fast. And that's the O2 Arena in London. It 
they started adding more shows. And I kept thinking to myself, huh, he titled it This Is It, but this is never going to be it for Michael Jackson. That's what I thought. Another fun fact, I actually had tickets to see Michael Jackson and I was totally... I mean, I cried for a few days. I mean, actually, I still cry a little bit now when I think about Michael Jackson and Prince, for that matter. I I was a huge Michael Jackson as well as Prince fan. So I'm not a crazy fanatical fan, but those two deaths hit me pretty hard because it was almost like a part of my childhood was taken away from me. You know, just really fond memories. But with that being said and bringing it to Tony Stewart, I can't help but think this is not it, even though... The theme seems to be, this is it, this is it, this is his final time doing this, this is it. I don't think it's it. I think Tony will actually race. Now, he did make a comment. I think I posted the exact quote. It was something to the effect of that he wasn't going to do a Jeff Gordon. Right. So if any of the drivers got hurt, don't <laughs> Right, he him. said, you're on your own. I remember that. And they all started yeah, you're laughing. On your own. Yeah, I kind of believe he won't do a Jeff Gordon but I think he may, just may, not this year, but maybe towards the end of the year, I think he's going to get the itch to race in other races. Like we have Jeff Gordon, who's actually racing in Daytona at the 24-hour Rolex That's right. race. He is. I, I can see Tony maybe racing in the 24-hour Le Mans. I think he's going to race somehow, some way. And I'm not just speaking of racing on the dirt track. Right, season. right. Because he know he loves the dirt track. Yeah. Well, you know, Renee, since we're talking about racing again, you know who? It was announced that he has cleared medical. Yes. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has been medically cleared to race again. He will take back over the 88. You will see him back on the track next year in 2017. I'm personally excited. I wish he would have come back th- this past year, but I, I completely understand why he did it and not just for the medical reasons but i think it was just overall just for his mental state to get it back let's just give this season a wash let's start back next year let's let's do it and i'm actually excited to see him back in 2017 i'm also a little concerned too because i think when you have to take off that long tam not that it would you know so much do something for your psyche but i mean just i mean because think about it i mean it could take one it could take one really bad accident and 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 who knows what could happen. You, you know, it, it's, it's actually pretty scary to think about. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before we started the show. Dale is dealing with concussion issues. This is not, say, with Kyle Busch who broke his leg and it healed. And the leg, not that you don't need your leg. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that anything that way. It's just that this is the brain. This is serious. And going back to the Sports Business Journal conference that I attended in Las Vegas, I specifically recall two people on stage. I forgot which presentation it was, but the question was proposed to the panel, what would make the new season great? And the first commenter said something to the effect as they needed Dale Jr. to speed up his marriage. So meaning that there was more NASCAR coverage, more to talk about. And the other one was like, we need Dell Jr. back in the car. And I kept thinking to myself, wow, that's a lot of, a lot to put on one man. Like the faith and the health of NASCAR should not ride on this man and whether or not he's able to get in a car. But unfortunately, the pressure is back on. 
just as if it was on when his dad passed away and he had the burden of that on his shoulder for years. Now you have a whole entire sport, a whole fan base that is waiting for Dale Jr. to get back in the car. Yeah, I mean, and I know Dale Jr. fans, are, and there are uh, a heck of a lot of them out there, and I know they're going to be excited to see the, the 88 back on the track, and especially with Dale Jr. behind it. I know they're going to be excited, and, and I'm and I'm happy for, and, and I'm sure all the other drivers are going to be happy to see him, you know, back on the track just as, an, as a competitive thing. It's just so scary when you think about the things that could happen, you know, because these concussion issues are, are very, very scary and anything can happen and and not that we uh we are looking forward to uh seeing those kind of things happen but let's be honest uh this is nascar and wrecks are part of this sport and they're unfortunately something that 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 happens you know uh quite frequently and this is why i hate when i when i go back to um hearing people who maybe just aren't familiar with nascar and they're like oh well you know what uh all we do is watch uh, uh, the only reason why people watch that is to see the wrecks and then that's, that's not true you know and that's why that's why i try to i try to stay away from people who who say that and because i know that they're they're just they're just not familiar with the sport because uh, i don't think that they realize how sensitive you know some of these wrecks can be and and how dangerous they are you know what i mean the thing is he's coming back it's not like he's coming back and the first race is a road course. He's coming back to Daytona, which we all know Daytona is probably one of the most dangerous tracks on the circuit. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, Renee, there is more to NASCAR than one driver that is Dale Jr. Although he was voted the most popular driver for the 14th consecutive year. <laughs> Let's kind of get into what's going on with some of the other drivers. Like we have Ty Dillon, who is moving up to Cup. Well, okay, wait a minute. I need to stop calling it Cup because we're not 100% sure what it's going to be called. Oh, and we haven't talked about, yes, you guys already know. This is probably why we haven't talked about it. But Monster Energy Drink is the new sponsor of what that NASCAR has correct. now appropriately started calling the premier series so it's no longer cup although i'm sure for the next 20 episodes i'm probably going to still say cup until they officially well until i officially acknowledge whatever they yeah. name it but yeah premier so, series i actually kind of like that though it's got a nice ring to it well i don't know it's too much monster energy drink premier series or monster energy premier series or Monster Energy Cup Series, or Monster Energy Series. I, I don't know. We'll find Sounds out. It's like an X Games kind of thing, though, doesn't it? It's got a, it's got an X Games kind of uh, X Games slash motocross ring to it. Yeah. Well, one thing is for sure is that by having Monster Energy as a sponsor, it is very clear that nascar is moving in the direction of this whole youth movement as i started to say we see ty dillon is actually now moving up from the xfinity series he's going to be replacing casey mears and now he's going to be a full-time cup driver i just had to say it one more time uh let's see who else is on the move chris busher who you guys know won a race last year or this year, because it's not technically last year yet, because it's still 2016. But Chris Buescher is on the move as well. His situation is interesting because he still is under contract with Rouse. 
But he this year he drove for Front Row Motorsports, and next year he's actually going to be driving for JTG. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot. Like you know, within a year or two frame, it just seems like so much of uh moving around. It was actually kind of confusing. Yeah, it was like, what? Wait a minute, what? <laughs> well. Chris will be over there with AJ Armendinger. Okay, oh my God, I wish AJ would have made the chase this year because two years ago when AJ made the chase and I went to Vegas, it was the best. He has the best personality ever. But hopefully next year he'll do better. And my man Clint Boyer is not been the same without him being in the elite category. But I'm looking for Clint Boyer to do some things this year. I want to see him bounce back. Thankfully, as you guys know, year before last, he was signed with Michael Waltrip Racing, who did not race for 2016. They didn't fill the team because the company actually folded. And Clint temporarily this year raced for H. Scott Racing. And next year, he is, well, it's official now, but he's going over to Stewart House Racing and he is going to be replacing Tony Stewart. Yes, I just had to add that. That's yes. just a perfect move, Tim. And I, I, what better driver to take over for Smoke than Clint Boyer? Uh, I mean, I it it just fits. You know what I mean? I mean, I I still would have liked to have seen Tony Stewart racing, but you know what? I can't think of a better driver than than Clint Boyer to take over that guy. There are a lot of changes going over at Stewart House because now we have the addition of Clint Boyer. But I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. But Stuart Haas is actually going to change car manufacturers. So they're no longer going to be racing with Chevy. They're going from Chevy to Ford, which should be interesting. And not only are they going from Chevy to Ford in 2017, they're actually going to use Rouse Yates engines. If I'm not mistaken, and don't quote me again, we're fans first. We always like to remind you of that just in case we get a few facts confused i believe Stuart house has actually been running hendrick motors all this time but i guess it makes sense if they're leaving chevy and going over to ford that they would have an engine switch so they're going to be using engines that are built by rouse yates and the they're actually going to be building their own um chassis as well so there's a lot going on at Stewart house should be interesting i'm I'm just hoping for a win for clint boyer that you know what that's all i dear santa all i want for christmas (laughs) is a win for clint boyer and keeping with the Stewart house uh thing here real quick uh family as as i guess we could say there was some danica patrick news as well where and like We've always said it's good to talk about Danica. I mean, it's not like she is like the the worst driver ever. And it's not that we're always picking on her. It's not that we're Danica Patrick haters, Tam, you know. We're just not Danica Exactly. We haven't said that that in a while. Correct. But, uh, you know, but she did come out and say that she uh, is looking forward to the next season. And uh, she was uh, quoted having some conversations with, you know, her boyfriend, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., you know, just saying in a nutshell that next year she just needs to get her herself together and really, really focus and really take that mentality to another level and try to compete with these other drivers. Because uh, she uh, was saying how disappointed she was in, in the last several years of uh, the last several seasons racing. And that can be totally understandable. I mean, her and Rick, both Ricky Stenhouse, they haven't had the greatest past couple of seasons 
but they were both saying how they really wanted to uh, get their mentality straightened out and then really, really push hard to have a good season next year. Hopefully well, they do. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, it should be interesting. I don't know. Danica, Danica has a fiery personality, but Clint is the man. Clint is funny. I don't know how that's going to all work. I mean, Curtis kind of calmed down now and he's engaged. So Kurt is not like, Kurt is not what he used to be. I mean, he obviously is still a great driver, but in terms of personality, Kurt is not giving us Kurt. Yeah. You know, he's know. giving us Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, you know, Kurt. he's giving us Kurt that has champagne, not Kurt that drinks right. beer. <laughs> Nonetheless, one last thing I forgot to mention, since we, we talked a little bit about uh, NASCAR's youth movement, Eric Jones is also moving up. He's going to be racing for front row. So he's moving up a series and he will be in now what is called the NASCAR Premier Series. So it should be exciting with all these new drivers. See how it all works. I think this is just another addition to the changing of the guard of what we're seeing in this sport and i remember in the media uh room where we were going around and and, and interviewing some of these drivers which was so much fun you guys I, I just i can't begin to express to our listeners just how fun and exciting that was to be in the presence of these drivers and uh just hear them talk and get to interview them it was so much fun but in any case i think this is just another piece of of the changing of the guard of what we're seeing here is these young drivers moving up and and more and more of these drivers just getting the opportunity to compete in the next level and uh it, it's exciting it really really is tam we shall see how it all unfolds you know and speaking of this youth movement what do you think is the state of nascar at this moment there's always talk about fans not coming out to the races ratings are down this and that but in all honesty, what's your opinion? Where, where do you think NASCAR is at at this moment? And where are we headed with monster energy? <laughs> right now, I think we're in a state that we, well, that this sport could uh, definitely use some help to get better, to draw more fans. And I think one of two things that I think that this sport is going in the right direction, Tam, is one, the whole monster energy drink, I think is a great move. I think it's fantastic. I think it was the right move. I really believe that having Monster Energy Drink move into the uh, main sponsorship of that sport, I think is going to help them a great, great deal. On top of the fact of what I just stated, of all these young drivers coming up and all these young drivers making a name for themselves and really having this changing of the guard. I love it. I think both of those put together, Tam, I think is what's going to help this sport move in the right direction. I think it's fantastic. Honestly, having gone to the Sports Business Journal marketing forum, I was left a little uneasy with the state of NASCAR. Ratings are down for all sports, so it's not just NASCAR. But not having those butts in the stands at a race, you know, it, it's it's a bit uneasy for me. So we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. Hopefully, our fans are listening. Fans of the sport are listening. And if nobody else is watching, we're gonna watch. <laughs> so it is. It what is, it is what it is. Yeah. And speaking of sponsors, I know there's a lot of sponsorship. Yeah changes going on with teams i mean we've already pretty much discussed some of the drivers that are 
switching teams, retiring and all this yep. stuff. But there's been a little bit of movement with teams and sponsorships as well. Jimmy Johns, they, they've actually extended their partnership with Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas Racing. They signed in, a, um, I think it was, I believe, a two-year extension. And Kevin Harvick is going to stay with Jimmy Johns. I think that's a great move. It's hard to think about looking at the number four and not seeing Jimmy Johns, you know, uh, stamped all over it. It would be kind of weird, I think, maybe just because I'm so used to it. But one of the articles that I read by uh, Chase Wilhelm, he had this article just about Jimmy Johns' uh, relationship and Kevin Harvick's relationship together. It's just amazing how what great, great of a of a relationship that that both of them have, and it's actually good to see Jimmy Johns continue that sponsorship with Kevin Harvick. Also, another one which was uh, Trevor Bain. Trevor Bain is um, having a Liberty National to sponsor Trevor Bain, uh, and and this is pretty interesting because Trevor Bain is is also another young driver who's who's actually uh, one of these young drivers who are coming up and going to help move this sport in a good direction. This insurance company is based out of McKinney, Texas, uh, you know, my neck of the woods. It's a small town, but uh, it's it's a very it's a very well-known insurance company, but they are going to sponsor Trevor Bain who's going to be driving the number 6 and uh, they are going to be really looking forward to uh having that relationship go far. So, it's so weird, Tam, because you we, we look at all this movement and and all these sponsors coming in and and all kinds of stuff. It's really easy to get confused about everything i mean because if you don't if you don't know what's going on you you're like wait a minute what <laughs> you get lost really really quick and speaking of confusion one thing i want to interject if you were wondering kurt bush will continue to be sponsored by monster energy in the premier series although they're now the premier series sponsor which is interesting I wonder if they told him prior to, like maybe Kurt was the keeper of the secret. He was the only person in the NASCAR nation who knew that Monster Energy was actually going to be sponsoring NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. It's been so much movement. We can't keep up. And this is actually episode 30. And it's our final episode for sure for the rest of the year for this season. Before we move on to next season, we won't be back with a fresh episode, episode 31, until February, right before we get ready for the countdown to the clash, as well as speed weeks. Uh, what else is going on? The Sprint Unlimited and, of course, Daytona, the Daytona 500, which is actually going to be February 23rd. Yeah, and the clash will be February 13th. In between time, we'll have the Sprint Unlimited as well as the Can-Am Duels. So we will probably come back on with a fresh episode, maybe right. Well, actually, we'll be on somewhere during Daytona Media Days, which will be before the Daytona 500. Just make sure you guys follow us on social so you can be aware of when we're coming back. And if you haven't, subscribe to the podcast either on SoundCloud, that's soundcloud.com forward slash turns on breaks, or subscribe on iTunes. You can find the podcast on iTunes by doing a search for all turns on breaks or type in NASCAR podcast. Hopefully we will come up. But before we go, because even though this is a show, you know, it's not a show after a race, we still have to give you a fan comment of the week. So our fan comment, we're going to take it straight from our Twitter account. 
And we could have chose so many different fan comments, but we're going to take this one because it's almost as if we're closing a chapter. So Sonia on Twitter and her username is Sonia141831. She writes to us. She tweeted in reply to an article that we posted. I will forever be a huge fan, lifetime fan of Tony Stewart. And I think most of you who are Tony Stewart fans, and especially the ladies, because as I've always said, ladies love smoke. We feel the same way. And after seeing him live and in action on the stage at the Palms Casino in Las Vegas, I think secretly Renee feels the same way as well. <laughs> you know what? I It's not even a secret anymore. I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is episode 30. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Turns No Breaks. Make sure you hit the website up at allturnsnobreaks.com. One thing I pointed this out a few episodes ago, our Twitter account is a constant stream for NASCAR news. So make sure you head over there and follow us on the Twitter. Yes, the Twitter. Like Tam said, this whole season, we appreciated all of the fans and the new fans that we, we uh, obtained. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. This is a podcast for fans, by fans. We are just passionate fans who love to talk about NASCAR. And if there's, a, and, and like Tam alluded to earlier in the podcast, if there's anything that you guys find that maybe we were wrong on or uh, incorrect with something, please let us know. That is what our social media is also for, not just for us to communicate individually, but uh, just to kind of uh, go back and forth with any information that we might have left out or forgotten. We really, really appreciate all of your support throughout the season. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Snapchat at It's Renee Garcia. That's at I-T-S-R-E-N-E-G-A-R-C-I-A. And you can also find Tam. At I am sincerely Tam on Instagram, Twitter, and the snap. The, s- snap. the snap. All right. Well, for Tam and, and for me and for all turns, no breaks, we thank you for listening and we look forward to another great season in 2017. Bye bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 